welcome back Thank to the you. Legends Lounge. I'm true with us and with me, with me in the lounge today. We are former Thornwood High Thunderbird. He was a first round pick of the Chicago Bulls and the NBA champion with the Miami Heat. We got Eddie Curry in the house. Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I, I see that th Thornwood Thunderbirds in the back, man. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had to. Had to. Thank you for joining us. Uh, how you keeping busy during the during this? I was going to say summer. It's really going into to fall now. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a father of six. So, I mean, that alone is like. A, say no more. You know, a, a year round and we got, you know, four dogs. So it's like. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, man, I do a, um, a lot of work with the PA, man, just going talking to guys about uh, financial literacy and just the importance of it, man, talking mm -hmm. to the rookies and just, you know, really just trying to be that beacon, man, so the guys could, could, could uh, you know, understand that they're in an incredible position, incredibly lucky, uh, the hard work is paid off, and you're in an incredible place right now to be able to play in the NBA. But, you know, to think about life after the NBA and, you know, just, just to really – uh, start taking your finances serious because uh, it, it goes really fast. Your, your NBA career goes really, really fast. Is that something you knew you wanted to get into? Like even while you were playing, you knew you wanted to, you know, talk to the younger guys or is that something, I guess, how did that come about? Not really, honestly. It came from personal experiences. It came from uh, hitting my head a bunch of times um, and then realizing that, you know, a lot of guys are, are doing the same things and heading toward the same way, um, the, the same the same type of pitfalls that I kind of encounter. So um, once I realized that, man, I just, you know, I reached out to the PA, man, and they did it. They do a really good job, them and the NBA, at, at giving us the opportunity, us uh, us us guys who have put, who have seen it all and done it all to really come back and speak um, on our life and on, on our journey and things we did well and things we didn't do so well at all. What were some of those pitfalls for you, like some of the things you try to convey to the younger guys? I mean, simple things, just like the importance of a prenuptial agreement. I mean, you'd be surprised. And I hate to, you know, it's hard. You know, I know what it's like to be young and in and, and love and, and to feel like that this thing that you have is going to last forever. Um, but just the fact is, it, it, it sometimes doesn't. And, um, you know, I just try to get guys to understand that we we got to look at ourselves like, like companies, you know, and any businessman, anybody that spent their life uh, really just just going after it and accumulating a lot of wealth. I mean, they, they do an equal, a, a equal job at protecting that wealth. So a part of doing that is a prenuptial agreement. A part of doing that is, you know, really vetting out who you have around you and um, and, and just, uh, just, just, I don't know, man, just looking at yourself in a different perspective, something different than just, you know, what you had, what you've become accustomed to looking at yourself as, you know, up to that point. Mm. That's... That's real. Have guys been like, are they receptive to it? Because I feel like it's, as a young guy, you probably hear that and it's like, OK, yeah, it'll never be me. Yeah. No matter how many times you hear it. But have the guys been receptive to it? Yeah, sure. And, and, and of course, you got, you know, it's it's but it's a lot, man. It's not just that. It's 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 uh, trying to find the right accountant, trying to find, you know, trying to how do you say no to your family? How do you say no to your friends? You know, how how do you properly give money to your friends and help? Cause you want to help your friends and family out. I mean, they were all along this journey with you. Right. But was that a tough one for you? A, yeah. It's just trying to find the right way to do it. Mm. Was that a tough one for you? Like telling me family, personally, friends, yeah, no. of course, man. Like, you know, being from Chicago, man, and, and, and seeing what I felt like was just kind of the worst, the worst growing up, you know? So I felt like immediately I was always that kind of person. Like wherever I went, I wanted my family, I wanted my friends to see and experience that. So 
I mean, that kind of just really, it just carried on. When I got to the NBA, I had to, I wanted them to feel and experience the same, you know, things that I was, that I was experiencing and feeling. So, I mean, that, that gets expensive though, when you bring sure. a lot of people on, on the line and, you know, you, you want to retire your parents, you want to, you know, make things, make, make life easy for them, want to get them a house and things like that. And you just, you don't realize just how, you know, it how, adds up. yeah, it's, it's a lot. It adds up really fast. And then you got this short window that you can actually, you know, play basketball. It's funny. Like I talked to a, I, I'm really friendly with some doctors, man. And, and the one doctor was like, man, you know, we, a lot of what we we did we did the same things that you did. We messed up some money early on, but the problem, but the difference between you and me is like I got a whole career. My career will last me 40, 30, 40, 50 years. You right. know I can work into my 40s, like 50s, 60s, 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So you when you got that kind of earning potential over that amount of time, man, I mean it's 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 easier to kind of get yourself back on track. It's easier to to bump your head and recover from that. But you know, when you, you know. The way the way it is for most of us, man, this is our one shot. Um, not only just our one shot at the league and at you know trying to be an MVP, trying to win a championship, trying to you know accumulate all the accolades that we want to accumulate, um, but also just to make that kind of money. So I mean, that's that's just something that I try to express to the guys, man. Get them to kind of get them a preview of what the other side looks like, you know. And it could be a really beautiful thing. It could be a time to kick your feet up and enjoy just the 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 fruits of your labors but i mean it could be it could be hell too man if you don't pay attention mm. and like you said you have to you're really trying to fit it all in i was going to say within 10 years but we know the if you get 10 years in the nba that's a blessing everybody don't yeah. get 10 everybody don't get five even no for sure yeah like, like that and guys don't understand that you know when you look in the and you sit and talking to the rookie class everybody thinks that they're going to be the exception to the rule they're going to be the one that makes it you know what I mean? Until to, to year 17, year 18, 19, 20, 21, like LeBron, you know, so it's like it's tough, man. You know, it's tough, man. It's, there's definitely more people from my class. I mean, you just you see it you, the, the, as the years go on, less and less people in your class are still in the NBA. I mean, it's only a handful of jobs available. Only 5000 people have ever played in the NBA. So wow. when you start crunching numbers and and and. And looking at just it's about 13, 1,400 retired players living on this earth. You know, it's a handful of people that don't that that made it from the NBA to the league, um, including myself. So, I mean, it's a really, really small numbers, man. Really, really small numbers, and it's just a, it's just really trying to get guys to understand just the just how quick this thing goes because it goes really fast. Mm. At the time, does it feel like it's going quick? I like to walk back through some guys careers but at the time like is it is it going warp speed or did you feel like it's going slow i feel like i've heard it both um it felt like it was going slow honestly just because really? you, it's almost like groundhog's day you know right like your whole life is like a whole schedule most of your year is consumed with your 82 game season and playoffs if you're on a good team so i mean just the 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 off days are are far are far in between and then you got practices and then you you got your naps and then you got I mean it's just it's non-stop honestly it's like a hamster wheel um you it's 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 the time of your life man the camaraderie the 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 friendships the 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 brotherhood that you experience and that you develop I mean that's a lifelong thing and that's a beautiful thing but like yeah man you look up and you like damn it's <laughs> it's been 10 12 14 years right. you know, like even since I it's, it's been you know 20 something years since I got drafted and I, I mean it seems like just yesterday so yeah, while you in it, man, it definitely seems like it's going slow and that you got all the time in the world. And that's the trick, man, because you look up and it's like, no, nah, I actually been in the league for 
10, 10 years. Like when I looked up, I'm like, damn, I've been in the league for a decade. Like, right. Kind of crazy. Yeah. I, it's something I've heard you mention before that you never really wanted to play basketball. No, so, I mean, so at first, at first yeah. I wanted to be a gymnast. You know, I, I'm in Chicago. We had the, the Jesse White tumblers, man. So I always wanted to be like to me, the highlight of everything would have been like me performing at the Bud Billiken Parade, doing like tumbling routines or going to the to the Bulls game and performing at halftime, doing tumbling routines at the half. Like that, that to me, that was like the highlight of everything. Like growing up, you know, in Cal City, man, like guys finding mattresses and flipping on mattresses and things like that. Like, I mean, that was like, that was it for me, you know? And then I was always taller. So the fact that I could do all of that stuff was really, like it got me a lot of attention. So yeah, playing basketball, that was like, no, I didn't think, I didn't think it, I didn't, I had no idea I would play basketball. So when did you stop flipping? Um, when I got to the NBA and they were like, man, really doing that <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say like 12 or 13, like once you started getting taller, you were still no, no, seven no. feet tall flipping on Even mattresses. now, man, you know, we'll go, I you know maybe a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, we went to one of those trampoline spots and I had to show the kids I still had it. You know, Did you still had the fastball. Yeah, you know, it's it's honestly, man, it's like riding a bike, man. It just it just hurts a little more. Like now I can hop on a bike and I can and it, and it feels the same. But when you go out there and you try to do a round off to a backflip, and it's like, ooh, that gravity is a little different. Right. Now, you know? it ain't used to hit like that. You ain't used to hit like that. The gravity <laughs> hit different now at 40, at 41, 42, baby. Shoot. So the bulls were really they were take like, hey, you can't be flipping. Right? Yeah, they're like, nah, you need to you need to cut that out. Cause at first it was funny. <laughs> it's funny though, because like before I got drafted, that was almost one of my things that I would do. Like the my my guy who would who would kind of who was kind of holding my hand throughout the whole process when we would get to these teams, he's like, man, show him, show him the backflip. Cause they were looking at it like, oh man, look at this big man that could, that's so athletic. He's so big, but he's so nimble on his feet. So I mean they kind of looked at it like that. But yeah, once I got to Chicago, it was like, all right, enough is enough of that, you know. <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> okay, so when did you realize that? Like basketball is like, okay, one, I'm good at this. Two, I think I can be professional at this. When did you start thinking Profe that? Man, I would say uh, around like my junior year, maybe, sophomore year, maybe in high school. What happened there? That's when I kind of started realizing that I was better than like everybody in my area. And then, you know, it just became one of those things, you know, when you were a kid, when you were a kid growing up hooping, man, it was like, I wanted to be better than everybody in Calumet City, everybody, everybody in, around me, yeah. everybody in that area, you know, and then, you know, as I got better than everybody in downtown Chicago, not downtown Chicago, but all around the South side, all around the West side, I was the best basketball player in the state at one point. And then you start playing AAU and it's like, I want to be the best in the country. And it's like, okay, I actually am the best in the country or one of the one of the best in the country. And at the time, you know, you were able to go to the league. So it's like, if I'm one of the best in the country, then obviously, you know what I'm saying? I can right. go to the league. So it's, it's just one of those things. And it wasn't like I was a guard. I knew that a lot of what I did depended on my, my size and athleticism. And that's something that I could, you know, just have the foundation and kind of build on top of that as I, as I went along. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of, once junior, junior year, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to the league. So when did you, you committed to DePaul, right? Yeah, yeah. I committed when to was that junior year? Or when was that senior? That year? was I want to say senior year, maybe. Okay, might have been senior year. But if all if you realize all that junior year, or in your head, you know you're not really going to DePaul, right? Yeah, I know I'm not. Okay. I know. I know it's a wrap. But you when know, honestly, you, you know, I talked to I talked to the to to uh, Pat Kennedy, man, who he was coaching at the time. 
And I, and that was really just an attempt to kind of get some some attention on DePaul. You know, I felt like that was kind of an underlooked school in Chicago. Everything was kind of geared towards uh, University of Illinois. When you think about right. Illinois basketball, you think about University of Illinois. But it's you know you got UIC there, you got DePaul there. So it was one of those things where it's like, you know, let me try to get some attention on this on, on this program over here. Gotcha. And um, and yeah, man, try to get some some of these maybe some of these some of the talent that's in Chicago would uh would think that it was cool to want to go there and, and i was you know really good friends with Qu- quinn richardson so mm-hmm. you know i've always kind of had ties to DePaul. you know i always was 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 cool with a lot of the guys that were there so i mean to me it was a, it was a natural thing to do so if you went to college you probably would have went there you just knew in your mind college yeah. is probably not gonna be an option yeah it's not it's not happening it's right. not happening. what do you think your path looks like now because right now yeah guys can't come out of high school anymore you could you know, do one year at DePaul. You could do as many years as you like. You could overseas or G League Ignite. What do you think that path would look like for you now? Man, you know, college. I think I would go to college for sure, especially knowing what I know now. I would absolutely go to college. NIL money, like all of that. Like, I would go to college for sure. Like, they would have to kick me out of college. Like, I like you stay in year after year. Because, you know? I mean, once you know, you once once you feel, feel, feel pretty – you know, comfortable with, you know, your finances and things like that, man. And, you know, your your parents aren't struggling like they were. I mean, we were used to having nothing or very little, you know. Right. So, I mean, just a, a, a nice little NIL deal would have went a long way. And it also would have given me time to mature mentally and 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 just, you know, as a man, you know, become a become a young man in college and, you know, get some 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 tools I could really take into into the NBA. I feel like you probably didn't get that benefit of the doubt just because you you looked physically developed yeah. at 17, 18. So it wasn't like, yeah, no, that's a 17 or 18 year old kid. They're thinking yeah. that's a seven foot, you know, 300 pound I mean, man you know, we're dealing crazy. with. It's crazy you said that. It's, it's been like that since, you know, maybe seventh grade. Yeah, maybe when did you start growing? Yeah, in seventh grade, I probably was six, seven, six, eight. So it was times where the teachers would, you know, my mom and would have to come to the, school and talk to the teachers and say the same exact thing that you're saying like man i understand that he's bigger than normal but he is a kid like Still 12 so 13 right being a being a class clown it looks different when you you know what I'm saying six eight you you bigger than the teacher and they're intimidated by you you know what i mean and you right and I, but i'm a class clown I'm, a, I'm i'm disruptive i probably had a touch of adhd or something like that you know what i'm saying i don't know but you know uh sitting still for six seven hours a day man that was tough for me you know, especially in classes that, I, you know, I, did, I didn't feel like were speaking to me and things that I wanted mm-hmm. to try and do in life. So, I mean, it was tough. But, yeah, it was definitely times my parents had to come and, and, and talk to teachers like, man, I understand, you know, you might feel like he's an adult or whatever. But, no, nah, this is a kid. This is a, mm-hmm. a he's a sixth grader. He's a seventh grader. He's, you know, he's 11, 12, 13 years old. So, you know, give him some grace, you know. Right. And I, I feel like that would probably factor into you wanting to be like, maybe I don't want to go to college right now. I'm kind of done with the school aspect. I'm ready to get to the pro side. Yeah, I mean, my senior year was it was crazy. I had like a TV show. I was it was like I was it was it was over with. You know what I mean? Like you're right. at your games and the games are bigger than any game I had ever been to. They bringing in extra seats. The games are sold out. The you know what I'm saying? TV cameras, you look up and it's all type of NBA officials, NBA like brass in the in the games, Jerry Krause and BJ Armstrong and you name it, they were at the game. So I mean it's like 
yeah, I wanted to see what was next. And the next thing was the NBA. Mm. What do you remember about that draft process? It's like you finish your year. I imagine you had like you played in the McDonald's All-American game. MVP. One MVP. One MVP. Yeah. What do you yeah. remember about that? I remember it being a crazy experience, like because you almost it almost felt like, I don't know, man, being around so many, so many talented people. And we had DeWan Wagner in our group. Yeah, class. who else? Who who's on those teams with you? Man, we had D Wags, we had David Lee, we had uh my boy uh uh tj ford we had uh i guess Kwame tyson Brown. was probably in there tyson chandler tyson chandler Kwame Brown. was there um flight Kwame, white was he there uh, david lee was there wasn't james flight david white lee, david lee was my roommate david lee oh, was my wow. roommate in the mcdonald's game so that was crazy like that was to me like d lee man d lee people don't even understand this d lee has always been that like I don't know if God put him there or what. I don't know how, but like I never knew D Lee. Right, the first time I met D Lee, it was my junior year in, in high school, and we were playing in a KMOX shootout in um in in like Missouri or something like that. Okay, and I was about to play Tyson. This was the first time me and him was gonna match up against each other, and the whole world was waiting to see how this was gonna turn out. Are y'all one and two, like ranked prospect? Yeah, like one and two. Our schools are like one and two in the country. Like it's just the biggest, it's the biggest game ever, right? So I'm sitting in the crowd waiting on my game. I'm watching uh Kwame or some other somebody else play. It's another game going on at the time. And D Lee just comes and sits right next to me. I never met D Lee before. And he just sits next to me. And he's like, man, just acting like we were we've been cool our whole life. Yeah, what's up, man? I'm David. You know, blah blah blah. He's giving me scouting reports on everybody. Like I've been keeping on the other team tabs on all you guys. He's like, yeah, I'm ranked like number forty in the nation, but you know, I seen all the top whatever, blah blah blah. I seen all you guys play. You're the best one by far. You're this and that. He's like, Tyson could just do this. Like, he gave me a whole scout report, like full breakdown, bro. It was the craziest thing ever. It's the first time I ever seen David Lee, bro. Didn't even know who he was, bro. And I was like, okay, cool. So then, you know, fast forward when I meet him at. When we at McDonald's, it's like, oh, that's my roommate. Like, what's up, D? Like, right, I know him now. So we 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 was kicking it the whole time, bro. Just having fun and stuff. Like, it's funny. I actually tricked D Lee into getting into the dunk contest, and then he won the dunk contest. How did that um, happen? Everybody just knew it was a it was a lock that Flight was gonna win. James White, like he was like the coldest dunker dunker high school. Probably still is the. I ain't gonna lie. He probably maybe ever, man. Yeah. Ever, ever. But if y'all look back, bro. D. Lee won the dunk contest, bro. And I'm the reason why. Like, everybody knew it was a lot. It was a lot. Like, D. Lee, me and D. Lee was like, and and, and the McDonald's people were kind of like, they were kind of like begging us to join the, the dunk contest because nobody wanted to, to to do it. So they like, man, we got to fill it out. You know, we don't even got Nobody wanted to go against James. Yeah, like. so I'm like, I do it. So then D. Lee like, bro, if you do it, I do it. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll get in there. I just, he's like, all you got to do, he's like, bro, just break the rim. If you break the rim, you're going to win. I'm like, all right, cool. So, but I knew, I was like, it's no way in hell I'm doing this dunk contest. So then right when it started, right when it started, I pulled out. I was like, nah, I don't want to get hurt for tomorrow's game. Like, D. Lee was like, no, man, no. So D. Lee ended up winning it, though, man. I was we were tripping out. Like, we couldn't believe it. It was, like, the craziest thing ever. Dealey won a dunk contest, bro. I remember watching that at the time thinking, like, 
just looking at them both respectfully, you think yeah. James White's going to run away with this. Absolutely. And no, David Lee hung with him and won that. D. Like, Lee had the so, yeah. shit, though, man. Like, he took his jersey off and stuff. Like He, he was, was ready. He was ready. He knew, bro. But D. Lee was always like, if you know D. Lee, dog, he's like a real hip dude, bro. Like, he... He's that cool dude, bro. Like D. Lee's so cool, bro. He knew all the he know all the rap music, any rap lyric, bro. Like D. Lee's that he's that guy, bro. So that's what I'm saying. Like we gotta get D. Lee, D. Lee in the lounge, man. We gotta get him in here. You gotta get him in here, bro. You will have no idea, bro. D. Lee the coolest. He the coolest dude I know, bro. He cool, bro. Okay, so then you get to the game. That's before the game. You get to the game. Yeah. When do you know you? Like MVP is possible. Are you are this, I still are you don't even know. I, honestly, I knew MVP was possible when when I when I found out TJ was on my team. TJ Ford. Mm. TJ Ford. The distributor. Man, he he just only want to pass the ball, and me and him was super tight from going to like NBA camp, from going to Nike camp. Like I've been seeing him on the circuit this whole time, and we've been super super cool. So when I found out I was on his team, and he was like another guy, like like D Lee, like giving me my props, like bro, you better than all of them. Like yeah, what? Like Wags, he he gonna put up a hundred, but like he ain't really played nobody. Like that was kind of the thing that he was like, you're like man, D Wags, and he, he like if you look at who he putting a hundred up on, you know, I'm like man, but it's still a hundred though, you know what I'm right. saying? Right, hundred's a hundred. It's a hundred is a hundred, bro. And and I ain't taking nothing away from Wani because he's a goat to me. Like Wani is probably the goat high school player for real, for real, in my opinion. Outside of like Benji or somebody like that, but but like but like nah, man, like I don't know, bro. Like so when I when I saw that TJ was on my team, I knew I had a shot. I knew it was gonna come down to who scored the most points. And then at the and, and then in the second half, he just kept feeding me and feeding me, literally just spoon feeding me, just spoon fed me the game high. I think Wani tried. Wani got close because he started. He started <laughs> firing that thing, boy. And he started making some shots. I think he ended up with twenty eight. I think I had like thirty one, and then we won the game. So I got MVP. So after that, you pretty much know you're going into the draft. What's the oh, draft yeah. after that? It's like yeah, it's, it's like the movie. It's like it's like a real movie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like it's like that. Yeah. So what do you remember about the draft process? Like workouts or. I remember, I, man, I remember I only worked out for a couple teams. I think the first team I worked out for was the uh, the Hawks. I think the Hawks had like, the, they had like, a, it was like a, like a, like a insurance policy. Like, all right, go work out for the Hawks because they got like the lowest, the lowest you're going to go is like just 11 in case, or 12 or yeah. something like that. So go work out for them just in case you got to go there type. And I remember going there and, um, Shane Battier was in my workout. It was me, Shane Battier. It was Lauren Woods, and it was um, I forget the other people that were there. But um, I remember we had to we had to do this classroom part where they had us taking like a like a math test or something like that. So we we in this literally in this little classroom sitting in these little desks, right? And this is for an NBA workout, bro. <laughs> This is an NBA workout, taking a real math test. So, like, man, I don't know nothing. I, I, right, like, yeah, I thought I left this in, in high school. Like Shane coming in from Duke, graduate, <laughs> Brainiac, you know what I'm saying? They're ready to go. And they sit me right next to him. So, quite naturally, I hit him with the wondering eyes, like, okay. <laughs> and man, he's just as loud as he can, bro. It's, a, it's, a, it's so quiet in the room, bro. It's only like five or six of us in there. He says, Jesus Christ, Eddie, this is basic math. Like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Like put you on blast. Whoa, like bro. So I like, 
I always hated Shane. I, like I always <laughs> after that, I was like, to this day, oh. do you do you still hold the grudge? No, only okay. because when I went to Miami, Shane Battier came to Miami. Mm. Me and Shane was in in Miami, so I got really really cool with Shane. Then like I, I forgave him, and he I think I told him about that too. But like for a long time, bro, I always hated Shane. Yeah, really. Like, yeah. oh, I hate this dude. Like if you could. Boy, if you could put a hit out on somebody, like, hey, I'm putting a hit out amongst all my centers. Take him out every 31. time. Thirty-one. I need him out. him out. Like, cause I was, I was so embarrassed, bro. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, come on, Shane. Which, what happened Shane in the test? One of them guys, bro. <laughs> like, he, he was one of those college players. Like, and I, and I would probably feel the same way, honestly, looking back on it. But these guys put that, put that work in in college. Right. And Four like, years. Yeah. We don't got a shot to be one of the top picks because we got these high school kids who don't know nothing about nothing. They coming in and now they going to be the top picks. So I get it now, but then I'm just Back like, then, oh, right? you big hater. Oh, okay, <laughs> Shane, I got you. I got Wait, you. so did you get in trouble? Did they do anything in the test? Like what happened? Uh, I don't think I got in trouble, but I definitely didn't finish the test. Cause I, at that point I'm like, they know I don't know this. No way. I just didn't even right. finish it. And I think I told my agent, like, I did good on the basketball part, but on the, the classroom the SAT part, part uh, not so much. Yeah, not, not so much. much. Not so much. But my homie told me, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I don't know. You were just, <laughs> you were just looking around the room, seeing if Shane understood the I was the stretching, directions. bro. I was yeah, stretching. Yeah, stretching your neck, stretching your eyes. Yeah. That's all it was, man. So after that, you know you're not falling too far. In the draft, where do you think you're like going? Where, or guess where you think your range? I'm is. trying to go to. I'm trying to go to Washington. I want to be the number one pick. I'm like, mm. you know, this to me, whoever is the number one pick in my little world of high school basketball phenom. Like, I wanted to be the number one down guy, hands down, in our class. And to me, if I'm the number one pick, that instantly just okay. I'm the number one guy to meet Tyson and Kwame. So yeah, to me that was that was it was all about going there. And then if I couldn't go there just to be the number one pick, like it was crazy because I already knew Jordan. I had a I had a you know a, a pretty good relationship with MJ anyway. Um, just the Chicago thing. Yeah, Chicago thing. I worked out with Tim Grover ever since I was like I don't know a sophomore, junior in high school. Tim has always been my trainer. Um, so i don't know i just the whole like oh my god i want to play for mj thing it was really just because i wanted to be the number one pick but uh and then and then but like my 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 heart in my heart i wanted to go to the clippers though because really miles was super oh cool. yeah man q me and q rich that was always like a big brother somebody i always looked at as like man that's he's doing it right i want to do it like q did it you know in the city i when he was going to uh, DePaul, man, he had the – we played on the same AAU team growing up. Like, you know, he always had the cool – he was always the cool guy. Had the waves, had the the nice Tahoe at at, uh, at at DePaul, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I when he went to the league, he was, like, hitting his head and all that. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go there. You know, right. even when I went to work out for them, like, they knew. It was – like, they knew. like the They were both were, already there, right? They just got there? Yeah, they were already year there. One they or got two, there the yeah. year before. Yeah, they got there the mm. year before. So, so that would have been perfect. I was like, yeah, yeah I got to I gotta go to the Clippers, man. Like, they they only missing me. So, like, that's 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 really all I was thinking about. Um, but, yeah, it didn't work out that way. I, I ended up – you know, the draft happened. We we found out they're going to take Kwame at number one. Number two was, uh, was the Clippers. My agent's like, man, they're going to take uh, Tyson with the third pick. Like, I'm sitting at the table at the draft. He's like, man, they're going to take Tyson with the third, with the second pick. 
And he's like, you know, if you want to go, he was like, now the 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 Grizzlies want to take you with the third. He was like, but if you don't want to go to the Grizzlies, then you can go to Chicago with the fourth. And I'm like, damn, I, I go to Chicago. Like that's that's just how I was. That's exactly how it was, bro. Not even because it was home. Like, not even thinking about like, man, I get to go home. Like, like that's really like how my agent got me to be happy about it. Cause it was literally like, I was disappointed. I wasn't the right. number one pick. I wasn't going to play with Q now I'm in LA, bro. I was disappointed. I was disappointed. Like, to be honest with you, I'm like, mm. Chicago, like really? Like I could, right. I could do that. Anything, you know what I'm saying? Cause in my <laughs> mind, I was already, I was already that guy anyway in Chicago. So I'm like, Chicago. Right. but you know, like once once it really hit in and that that you know that was the hometown and wait a minute man this is actually something really cool that you're gonna be able to do, you know it just took a little while and then when I got to the back I was mad because like damn Tyson got to go you know Kwame went one Tyson got to go to where I wanted to go now you know I'm in Chicago but then it was like my my agent told me before they even announced it he was like man they just they about to trade Tyson. For Elton Brand, I was like, "What?" So <laughs> right? I, yeah. I was gonna, when did you find out about? about I found that? out like before the before Tyson knew because I remember I remember going back there, taking my pictures and stuff, and calling, um, talking to uh, Jerry Krause on the phone and stuff like that. And I remember watching Tyson with a LA hat on, and I seen somebody lean in and then hand him a Bulls hat. He had to take the LA hat off and put the Bulls hat on. I was like, dang. Then I walked up to him. We shook hands and stuff, and was and that was it, man. That was it. I was like, in my mind, I was like, hell yeah, you don't get to go either, boy. But then I was like, <laughs> right. but then I was both like, gonna nah, be unhappy. Man. You know what I'm saying? But then I was like, nah, man, that ain't cool, man. Like he he had a chance to go play in front of his family, just like yeah. I was about to do. So right. you know, I, I realized like, yeah. And then and then really knowing him, getting to know him and stuff, and just seeing the adjustment that it took for him to come across country and play for the, you know, play for the bulls and, and just, just being a professional after being in high school, like it's totally different. You can't even, it's so different. It's night and day. Was it any kind of hesitation just in terms of you all's game style? Like, could we play together? It no, was a different NBA knew, era. So no, we always knew we could play together. Cause like, I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't want to do what he was what he was great at, and he didn't really <laughs> either want to do what I could do or didn't know how to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a good low post score. Mm. I knew I had the big body. I had a soft touch around the rim, and I had a pretty quick. I can get up pretty quick off the ground, so I could dunk it. You know, he was more of a pick and roll guy. You know, catching lobs. Um, just he didn't care. He had endless energy. Let me chase right. down rebounds. Run the court defense. He did everything that I didn't want to do. So it was like, it was perfect. It was perfect. Like to the point where, you know, we would know, we knew like, hey, when we play Shaq, bro, just body him up. I'm going to keep bodying him up. When he go into a shot, you just come across the top. So that's kind of how we would do, you know, we would play, yeah. we really would play off each other. You know what I'm saying? We we knew that individually, like we lacked some things, but together, like we kind of played off each other. Was it any hesitation just going in Chicago after the Jordan years or you're not even really thinking about that not at all you know i told somebody that i like i was you dumb man i'm so i was so young and dumb it's like (laughs) what we about to go there and go to go to go to the uh you know what i'm saying go to the playoffs and we're gonna win a ring and we're gonna do what they did like man you know right we didn't realize it was it wasn't it wasn't like that you know you (laughs) needed you needed a, a good coach you need a good 
vets. You needed good young dudes. You needed a, a little bit of luck. You needed to, to stay healthy. There's a lot of things that you needed to go right in order to 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 put yourself in that type of situation. Hmm. So you get to the league. What would you say was your welcome to the NBA moment? Mm. Welcome to the NBA moment, man. I had a lot of those. I ain't gonna leave it. I was having those for about three years, for real, for real. Cause you gotta think, bro. When I got to the league, I think one. I think one time, like I think my first year, bro. Like we played Shaq. Man, this is oh, this is oh one Shaq, bro. This is this is him, bro. Like Lakers prime Shaq. D. Now I didn't have any fear because I wasn't really scared of nobody, and also. Like, like Shaq, when I first met Shaq, bro, when he came to United Center, um, I locked eyes with him when I was warming up and he started walking towards me. And I'm just like, oh, shit, like what? <laughs> right, here we go. So I walk, I'm walking towards him, right? I'm walking towards him. And then he hugs me and he say, bro, I used to watch your show in high school, man. He was like, wow. I remember watching that show. When your when your car got when your when your sounds broke in your car, did you ever get it fixed? I was like, yeah, bro, I got it fixed, bro. He was like, he pointed to my mom and dad. He was like, I met mom and dad, man. I love your mom and dad. He was like, he was like, I hate Brad Miller. I'm gonna kill him tonight. But he was like, don't worry, I never do nothing to embarrass you. Like that's literally what he told me. And for my whole, this is the first time y'all ever met. For my whole career, Shaq never, you would never see a video of Shaq dunking on me, yelling at me, pushing me, none of that crazy weird stuff. You know, we just kept it real vanilla when we played each other. Cause, but it was a time, bro, where he caught the rebound and like, like, I don't know, he he just, it was a regular move for, for him just catching the rebound, kind of clearing out and going up. Mm. But on the receiving end of that, it was like a collision. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? And he looked at me and was like, man, my bad. I thought you was Brad. He's like, I thought you was Brad Miller. <laughs> I'm like, I meant to dunk on him. Yeah. Not yeah. So it was, but it was like, it was one of the moments where it's like, bro, I had, I put everything I had into holding them up. You know what I'm saying? Like when you play Shaq and you play guys like Yao Ming, bro, mm. you start realizing that if this guy don't want to stop posting that, posting and stop, and stop, crab dribbling you down he'll do it until you get under the basket and there's nothing you're gonna do about it there's nothing you're gonna do about it bro so it was it was it's, it was one of those matchups with Shaq and then like I said later on playing Yao Ming that's when you start like okay this is the NBA and then of course it was you know you play Vince Carter like when Vince was Vince Sanity you know what I'm saying like AI was him still you know what I mean so I caught the league at a crazy, crazy place, bro. When I got in the league, yeah. it was a crazy place, bro. Like, we still had some goons. C-Webb was still him. Vladi was in the league. He was him. Tim Duncan was KG, a young Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. I had the Admiral. I had, you know, it was, it, bro, we caught the league at a Barkley. really good time, bro. We caught Barkley. We caught the league at a good time. I mean, my man, who was, who was, uh, uh, Ewing, Pat Ewing was in uh, Orlando at the time. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't the old Pat, but I mean, when you talk about Steve Francis, just I saw I saw what it took to stop these guys, bro. Like the preparation and practice and sending extra people and adjusting the defense. And it's still just to let these dudes get 30 points, bro. <laughs> it don't even, like, you different. know what I'm saying? Like you realize like, oh yeah, the league is different. Like, this is different. You know what I'm saying? Right. You realize that right away. This is different, bro. When did you feel like you belonged? Man, I would say like 
maybe the year before I left uh, Chicago, that's when I started feeling like, oh yeah, they can't, they really can't see me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. if I had a coach or I had some type of, if I had a coach or an offense that really let me get off like that, get the ball like that, it'd be over with. You know, when I played, when we played for uh, Scott Skiles, man, he would give me the first couple plays of the game. I get the first couple plays of each quarter, first couple plays of the half, he coming to me. But it wasn't no like steady, let me feed you, let me feed you. You know what I'm saying? And and I mean, and, but it, it taught me to really cherish when I get the ball. When so when I got to, by the time I got to New York, though, you know, Isaiah was like, just go, bro. Just do your thing. That's why we got you here. And Steph and Maul and all them dudes just did a good job. You know, we had a nice little run where it was just like every time I show my hand, the ball is going to be there. Mm. So in between leaving Chicago, getting to New York, you have the heart issues. Right. What do you remember about that? Like all these years later with hindsight, 2020, you know, what do you I remember everything about it? I remember, you know, the, the the biggest takeaway for me is that I wish I wouldn't have said nothing about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really? I just know, yeah, because I just know my career would have just, it, it would have been different. And that's no disrespect to the Knicks, but I just know me as a person where I was at the time mentally and maturity wise, I wasn't ready to, to just go to an organization like the Knicks. The Knicks were a way more mature organization. The, the Bulls were more equipped. They had more things in place to really kind of bring me along slowly and to make sure I still had some checks and balances there. You know what I'm saying? And I, mm. and I didn't realize how much I needed that until I went to New York and it looking back, and it's like, man, what is the difference between New York? Oh, that's what it was, you know? So, <laughs> you know, that that that's, you know, New York was a whole nother animal. And I think New York was more built for just that veteran, that guy who's been in the league, who has some self-control, who knows even, even if I don't have self-control, I know to put somebody in place that'll help me have that self-control or to help me help nudge me to tell me when I'm going too far. Um, I kind of had to learn all of that firsthand when I went to New York and try to play good basketball in the, in that city. Mm. That's it's interesting to hear you say that. Cause even like at that time it was closer to, you know, Reggie Lewis closer to Hank gathers. Yeah. And you still say you wish you never told it. Like, what do you think would have went different? Yeah, I mean, of course, this is me. This is hindsight thinking, of right? Because I mean, when when I'm in, I mean, it came a point though. Honestly, like early on in that process, where I realized that the episode that I had was really benign, and it was just a a normal thing, a normal irregular heartbeat that a lot of people feel from time to time. I didn't realize how normal it was, but because we were coming out of that Hank gathers that limb bias, that whole like you know athletes dying suddenly on the court thing, like it it. If it, it made the Bulls and it made everybody involved kind of like, OK, let's really make sure we get this thing right. Right. You um, got to understand I, their side of it. Yeah, too. for yeah. sure. For sure. And I, and that's something that I had to let go, you know, later on in life. I, I learned to let that go. But but yeah, for a long time, I definitely kind of held that and was like, man, you know, I kind of I blame Paxson. I blame, you know, a lot of the people that was involved because I felt like, you know, it was kind of used almost as a um a bargaining chip when it came time to uh mm -hmm. to to compensate me for all the work that i had done and all the things like it was a lot that went into playing that season period um looking for a deal earlier on in that summer and john paxton telling me all right we'll get your body weight to a certain percent and then we'll give you a deal and i did it and i still didn't get the deal and he's like all right well let's just have a good season and then we get to the playoffs for the first time since i've been there you know i'm i've been on teams where we won 
games in the teens, bro. Like, you realize right. how much losing you got to do to only win games, like 18 games in the NBA season? Like, right. that's ridiculous. You got to lose a lot of games. That's a lot of losing, bro. And this is from a guy who came from high school, and I did not lose. I probably lost one game, two games my high school career. You know, my senior year, probably maybe like maybe like two, two before that. Never lost more than 10 games in high school. And that's AAU. That's every So to lose, you know what I'm saying, 30-something games, dog, like that's – Every single year. Every yeah. single year, bro. Every single year. So now you finally feel like, man, we got a team. We got Ben Gordon. We got Jamal Crawford. We got Kirk Heinrich. Well, we didn't have Maul. Maul went to New York at that time. But we had uh, uh, Kirk Heinrich, Luol Dang, you know what I'm saying, Tyson. Like we were we were ready. You Is know that still Skiles? Coaching. We had Skiles, yeah. So and and we end up meeting um, the Wizards in the first round. We feel like all they had was Gilbert, and we feel like we we were a better team with me there. So, you know, to not be able to play in that game, bro, that that really like I don't know. That was that was that was tough, man. That was that was tough to deal with. That was that made it even harder to kind of let it go. But yeah, like I said, man, thinking back, knowing what I know now. Knowing that it was like a, a a regular occurrence, it makes me wish I would have just shut my mouth and just you know, even if I wasn't comfortable playing that night, maybe just say, "Hey, man, my stomach hurts," or right. whatever the case, my back hurts, anything, anything but the right. heart, just you know? not yeah, anything but the heart, you know. But I call myself, you know, I'm in one of those cities. It was Charlotte, and this is pre Lamelo Ball Charlotte. This was you know, this was not one of those games that it was easy to get up for. You know what right. I'm saying? This was one of those games that. Your family back home is sleeping. Nobody's even up watching this game. You <laughs> nobody could, checking for the game. Nobody checking for this game, bro. You know what I'm saying? That was back when we had my man Rick 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 Camilla, I think his name with the uh the NBA the NBA uh the NBA he was on the NBA uh network like the NBA, the or um, he would do like his little stuff. nightly top whatever performers and stuff like that. Like that was like that used to be like the ultimate. Let's try and make that, but like I. Charlotte games, I, like it don't matter what you did in that Charlotte game, you wasn't gonna be on Sports Center, you wasn't <laughs> gonna be on nothing. So it was like it was one of those things where it's like, nah, because even when I like I had told Tyson before I even told our trainer, like, man, I'm feeling this little irregular heartbeat. And Tyson, like, man, you just don't want to play tonight, man. Stop being weak. <laughs> right, right. Like, bro, I don't want to play. You are right about that. Right, but, but also, but I am feeling something weird, bro. Like for real, for real. He was like, man, just go tell the trainer. So. Yeah, that's that's like the that's like the one thing I wish I could get back. It's like maybe don't rush into that. Maybe 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 see how it feels. See if I feel lightheaded. See if I feel any do. I mean, I guess this is before Google. Maybe I could have Googled it if we have cell phones like yeah, that. Ask Jeeves or somebody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I I couldn't pull my phone out and go on the internet like I could today. Check the uh the the Google doctor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, WebMD, see what your symptoms yeah, WebMD are. WebMD would have told me, man, you just need some magnesium and some water. You'll be <laughs> yeah, straight. Good you know nice rest, you'll be all right. <laughs> because they offered they were trying to get you to take testing, right? The bulls were. Yeah. But you refused. Yeah, they wanted me to take a DNA test. Why did you refuse it? Um, because I was like, you know what, man, if I take a DNA test. The test was to try to see if I would be predisposed to having heart disease. And it's like, if heart disease is hereditary, like, then I'm black. It's a high likelihood. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? It could right. be in my, it could, even, even, even a, a positive test doesn't mean that I have it right now. It just would kind of mean that I'm predisposed to having it. It's a high right. likelihood that I would have right. it. 
but the damage that a positive test would do to my career would have been irreparable. You know what I'm saying? It would have been hard to recover from that, especially going into a year where I was looking to try to get a deal on the open market. So right. um, that was that was just one of those things. And then that was just me personally. But then looking big picture, it's like, you know, if I allow them to do this, you know, I'm kind of opening up the floodgates for people to start testing for whatever they want to test for, whatever. Right. When would it stop? They, that they deem to be, you know, an imperfection in players, you know, before somebody would even show signs of having this. So let me not uh, let me not walk down this path and, and see if there's any other option. So at the time, the only other option was to uh, to sit out the rest of the year and then sit out all next year because I had one more year left on my deal and then see what would happen. And eventually the Bulls said, you know, if I went and found a deal that they would uh if it made sense to them, they would they would honor the deal and we would do a sign and trade. So, I mean, that's what we ended up doing. Hmm. So let me ask you, you get to New York. What was it like playing for Larry Brown? Because we've heard Larry Brown and young rookie, youngish players. What was that like for you? Man, Larry was cool, dog. Honestly. Yeah. What? Larry was super cool. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm trying to think, like, it got crazy. Like, when we started losing, it got crazy. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> what does that mean, it got crazy? What does crazy for crazy. Larry Brown look like? It got crazy. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, you know what I'm saying, put nothing crazy out there, but it just got crazy. Like, <laughs> people don't, like, I was talking to Q Rich, right? That's my brother still to this day. I'm talking to him yesterday, matter of fact, and we just was talking. I was like, Q, bro, like. People could say what they want to say about our New York team, bro, but they have no idea what we had to go through being there. Like, cause he was just kind of going, we were just talking and and I got so caught up in life. Like I had so much going on around the time when I left New York that I didn't even really realize like that Q had a whole transition out of New York. Everybody had their transition out of New York. And I just, mm -hmm. and I only really thought about mine. So to hear him yesterday talking to me about his transition out of New York and it's like, damn, how did I miss that? So it's yeah. like, I'm like, bro, we just went through so much. Like, we went through so much in New York, man. And and that was it was crazy. Like it was it was beautiful to play there. I got memories and I got friendships that I'll have forever, bro. But yeah, bro, basketball-wise, man, that was one of the most crazy. Like, I need to, I'm gonna write a book one day. I need to write say you should, yeah, give me some, like one is a, a crazy a practice. Somebody gonna pay me not to write this book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there, I, there you go. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like that, man. It's like that. Like, bro, it's it's it's, it's crazy. But I mean, personally, Larry Brown was cool, man. At first, like when everything good and we had training camp and on paper we looked like a great team, everything was good, but when it wasn't good, oh my God, it was. Woo. You got to have like a, a give me one practice story or one plane ride or something. We won't keep you too much longer, but you got to have Man, something come to I'm mind from, from that time. I'm, I'm gonna have to come back and talk about that. We're gonna have to okay. have a whole. We need to have a whole segment because, like, Part I got two. a whole segment. I got a whole Larry Brown segment. I got a whole Isaiah Thomas when he was running this segment. And shout out <laughs> to Zeke, man, because I love Zeke. But I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. And all it this was going crazy, at the same man. time, same years, right? Same years, bro. Like they just went into year after year. Just it was, it was a lot, bro. It was a lot, man. Like I'm surprised more people don't talk about it. To be honest with you, like I'm surprised. Like when you think about the people that were there, that that like I mean, from Malik Rose to to Jamal, my boy Jamal Crawford, um, Steph. Like I think it was so crazy that everybody involved was just like. You know what? Let's just not talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it was almost like let's just 
If you were there, you would leave that alone, bro. Let's just leave that alone. (laughs) Yeah, we have to come back. What other chronicles you got? You got the Isaiah, the Larry Brown, what other? What else you got? Man, I got a lot of chronicles. We got the Isaiah, the Larry Brown. We got the uh the Miami Chronicles was incredible. That whole run with LeBron and just witnessing that firsthand was was crazy. I felt you like went I from was New York to Miami, right? Yeah, I went to Miami uh when LeBron got his first ring, bro. So just seeing that whole I had never really I thought I saw what it looked like to be on a team with a superstar and be on a team with guys who nah, bro. When you on a team with Brian, it's different, bro. It's What's so different? different. It's so different, bro. What's different? Man, I mean, you name it. Like, you name it. Like, you know, people waiting at hotels, people, just the extra steps that he had to do to do anything is crazy. The fact that you got to, bro, that you can't go to a mall, you can't go to a movie theater, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't walk down the street, can't go to GameStop, can't. Anything that we could do, he couldn't do, bro. Right. He couldn't do. You know what I'm saying? So everything was kind of like, you kind of got to just, I mean, you LeBron and people like that, bro, you kind of got to like build the moments. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to kind of build whatever moment you want to have, you know, and, and, and put it in a safe place and then insert yourself in that to to experience some of the, the things that we kind of take for granted as people who, you know, got to the highest level, made a bunch of money. We famous, but not kind of like, I'm not going to stop eating my food to come say hi to you famous. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron is like, hold on. I've been waiting in this line for 15 right. hours. I got to the front, but I just saw LeBron walk past. I'm going to step out of line just to go take a picture. Right. I got to call somebody. I got to call everybody. Yeah, like, that's James. a whole nother kind of like, bro, when you, when you see that firsthand, bro, and you see how he deals with it and you see his family and just how on point his family and his friends and, it makes you like, damn, I wish I would have seen that early on. I would have changed kind of how I was doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? So right. just to see that, bro, to see just the heat culture, the heat way and how you could really how a culture really just plays a, a, a real effect on just the, the outcome of a team on if they're going to be competitive every night on if, you know, guys are going to be behaving, you know, off the court. If you're going to have issues with them, like it's just certain mm-hmm. things that you just will never see. Um, when you're playing for the Heat, bro, you'll never hear certain things from players, and you know, just, just you just won't hear it. It just won't happen. But what? Why is that? Because you, like you said, some organizations seems like guys won't tell what happens. Some will. Why is? Why are the Heat one of those organizations? Well, nothing happens there. First of all, like it's nothing mm-hmm. to tell. To be honest with you, like <laughs> they you know, what I'm nip all that in the bud. Yeah, when you're there, bro, your your main focus is getting my getting my Miami Beach body in, in tune. And then going out here and 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 trying to please Pat Riley because he ain't playing that. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> Spo ain't playing that. And Mickey Harrison ain't playing that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not they're not playing that over there, bro. And they got their hand in everything out there. You're not gonna like like wherever you go, they know you were there. They you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, how'd you enjoy blah blah blah? Like they know they run, they have their hand on the pulse of South Beach of Fort Lauderdale, like you ain't doing nothing in Florida, bro, without them knowing what you. They up don't to. already so know about it. That's a whole different kind of, you know. In, in in New York, you know, the nightlife is the nightlife. So you could you could disappear, you know. You could find something <laughs> to get into in New York that's gonna be off the Knicks radar. But like, it's not like that in Miami, bro. And even if it and even if it is, like, the culture is just that you just don't want to let the next man down, bro. So. That's really like 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 I get I have a unique opportunity at times now to talk to 
owners and things like that from the Bulls and the Knicks and just different teams and stuff like that. And just giving them that kind of insight, man, is so valuable and trying to like kind of change some of these weird, awkward things that are happening, these disruptions and distractions that are happening amongst our players, bro, is to really let them know that it is a culture thing. You know, it's a culture thing. And, and that starts with the organization. Um, I think it's tough now because the faces of the franchise, you coming in and, and they're young. It's just a lot of young dudes. We came up at a time. I came up at a time where you really didn't play right away. Like I didn't start for like two years when I went to Chicago. You know, Tyson didn't start for a year or so until we went, you know, while we went in Chicago. So it was really about bringing you along slowly and really just like fine tuning every little thing and really nitpicking and making sure that before we take these training wheels off, you are a pro. You know what I'm saying? So now it's kind of not like that. Now you're getting guys who are coming in and they already got an audience and they already got a fan base and they already, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, right. it's tempting to just throw them out there and give them the team, just give them the keys. And I think we see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of examples of, you know, what could happen when you give someone a team and the keys a little bit too early. Um, so now I think a lot of teams are trying to balance it out and bring some vets in and things like that to try to just kind of plug and supplement for what they aren't getting. But I mean, it's tough, man. It's a, it's a constant struggle and I wouldn't envy, I don't envy being like a, a owner today. Cause I can only imagine like what it's, what it's like to try to appease these guys who want to take a short deal and they deserve a short deal to be able to keep giving themselves options. But at the same time, you got to kind of, turn a blind eye sometime because you got to let them be them at the same right. time so that you can make them want to still be there. So, I, I mean, I get it and it's tough, but I mean, I, I think that's what makes it so important what I do now and what, I mean, it's a lot of programs. Like it's not just a financial program that the PA has. It's the financial program. They have, you know, a lot of just life type of programs, um, relationship programs and, you know, any, any type of needs that, that, that a player would have, any type of deficiencies that players have, I mean, they have a they have a, a tool there in place with the PA and with the NBA to really make sure that guys kind of get what they need, man. So I mean, I think the the help is there. Uh, we we we're trying to let guys know that the help is there, and hopefully, some guys will, will, will get the help that they need so that this game can keep growing, and then so that these contracts can keep growing, and guys can can really um you know just 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 live beyond their wildest dreams, you know. Mm mentioned you know you got your hand in a lot of things what's next for eddie curry man good question uh i don't know you know i'm like i said i'm just right now my focus is really trying to help with the financial literacy uh program here and uh just trying to just just be an advocate for that advocate for peace advocate for you know uh mental health uh, uh and, and and asking for help get the help that you need man so not only for yourself but for our children you know, letting our children know that it's okay to ask for help. So, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a constant thing. Like I said, I got six kids, um, all over, all ages, all over from from twenty two to, to to thirteen. So, you know, trying to raise young adults, trying to you know uh, put out fires all over the house between my wife and my daughters, and just trying to be a present, you know, dad. You know, you miss a right. lot when you play in the NBA. It's the most beautiful thing to be able to play at the in the NBA at the highest level, but you miss a whole lot, miss a lot of birthdays and first this and like first steps and first all that. So, you know, being present and making up for lost time and and really just uh, trying to be prepared for whatever whatever is next. You know, I'm excited about the future, though. Mm. And last question and we'll let you out of here. What's something that Eddie now would tell 18 year old Eddie? Slow down. 
slow down, run your race. Uh, you get caught up in the like, man, you know, this guy signed a contract. I want to sign a contract. This guy bought this car. I want to buy this car. This guy got married. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have, I want, I want a son. Like when I got to the league, I had to have my son. I had to have dogs. And then you look back and now, I, you know, I got six kids, which I love and adore, you know, and I've probably had, I don't know, a hundred dogs in my life. You know what I'm saying? Just because, I had dogs like before had, I was, yeah. Unlike a kid, you can't just give a, give a kid to somebody else. There's so many people who have dogs in mind. Like that's probably a whole nother. That's probably a whole nother story. Like a Next whole chapter. nother uh, documentary. Eddie's dogs or something like that. Because I know I got dogs all over Chicago just because, you know, growing up, I grew up in an apartment. Always wanted a dog. So the minute I got some money, boom, I'm buying Pomeranians. All right, the Pomeranians bark and they poop too much. Let me give them to my aunties. And then I got uh, a, a bulldog, but the bulldog shed too much. And I got another, like, it just, it just Rottweilers, German Shepherds, like, all of them. You know what I'm saying? All of that. And you, and you constantly just, just slow down, bro. Slow down, run your race. And then when the time is right, if you still want a dog, put some, do some research, figure out, do you want the dog trained already? Which dogs are good house dogs? What type of person are you? Do you even like going out walking dogs? Or, you know what I'm saying? All that plays. Right. Instead of just getting the dog and figuring it out later. Just slow down, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would tell myself, man. Just slow down, bro. Put the dog back. <laughs> the dog back. Wise word. Bro, I, used to, I, I, I wanted a monkey. I wanted, I wanted, I had an alligator at one point. I'm like, slow down, dude. What you doing, bro? Wait, what happened to the alligator? And that's the last question. Now, like, Man, what happened to the alligator? You know what's crazy? Uh, when I went to New York, when I went to, at one point, I gave the alligator to my dad because it started getting too big. Sure. <laughs> my dad was living in Chicago and he said he put it in the Chicago River, bro. So if, if anybody ever <laughs> see an alligator, bro, I'm sorry, bro, but that was my dad. That's the other Eddie Curry because he Eddie Curry also. That's the other Eddie Curry. It ain't this one. But yeah, my friend, I don't even know how, like he went up to, uh, one of my friends went up to like, to like Milwaukee or somewhere, bro, and found an alligator, (laughs) bought an alligator. He's like, bro, you want an alligator? It's only $300. I was like, hell yeah, I want an alligator. That's a pretty fair price for an alligator. (laughs) alligator, dog. You know what I'm saying? And it was so small. It was a small little alligator, bro, but it got big though. No, they'll do that. You couldn't afford not to. Yeah. at, At one point it was like. Nah, that 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 uh that little cage gonna just stay dirty, man. I'm not messing with that alligator, bro. We we pulling straws on man. No, man, you got the alligator. No, you got the alligator. So my dad took the alligator. I guess he just was like, man, you know what? I'm I'm not dealing with this alligator. He he put it in the river, man. I'm setting it free. Setting it free. Let it go. Let it go, baby. There we go. Eddie Curry, thank you so much for stopping by the lounge, man. Man, anytime, Tyler. Thank you. Oh, appreciate you. You got an open seat anytime, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good one. You too, man. All right. And thank everybody for stopping by the Legends Lounge, brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge, and be sure to subscribe and rate the Legends Lounge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll catch you next time. 